0: Uh, this morning, Pastor Robert and I are continuing the series, 40 Days of Prayer. Uh, started last week and then uh, uh, had a session on Wednesday in which we talked about the restoration uh, that all of us need and that can come through prayer. And so I've asked Robert to join me on this uh, sermon because there's so much that he and I have shared in conversation uh, that I think will bring an enlightenment to you about prayer And so I just want to invite him to come and dialogue with us also. So last week I asked you a question, and let me see what your answer is today. Uh, Do you want to grow up? Let's try that again. Do you want to grow up? Thank you. And so last week I talked about we need to grow up uh, by first making a new commitment to prayer. And I asked you that as you came down to receive Holy Communion that you would uh, bring uh, a dedication slip with you. And I just want you to, to look in this basket. Someone counted all of these from last week, and we had over 1,100 uh, slips returned here to the altar last week saying that they want you want to make a new commitment to be in prayer and to find a new journey or an affirmed journey of faith. And so we want to make a commitment. The second is uh, that we gave you a reading plan, a biblical reading plan, that you can go online, and you can go to the Welcome Center and pick that up so that you can engage in reading God's Word every single day. And then the third part was that we wanted to encourage you uh, to uh, memorize a passage of scripture. And I know that all of you have done that, right? And so for those of you who have, uh, are new or did not know that, and especially for the Purdue, thank you so much for your music. Uh, inside your program, you'll find some teaching notes. I invite you all to turn to them. And you'll actually, in the bulletin, you'll find the, this memory verse. I'm going to ask Gabriella Whitmer, our, uh, our teacher for this service, to come. She's going to say it the first time. It's not going to be on the screen. So you'll want to have your bulletin open. And then she'll model for us how we're going to say it the second time. Gabriella.
1: Alright. John 13:17. Now that you know these things... You will be blessed if you practice them. John 13:17.
0: And let us join Gabriella. John 13:17. 13, 13, now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you practice, practice them. John 13:17. Amen. Thank you Gabriella, great teacher isn't she? Yeah. So, I've been in ministry for almost 41 years. That's hard to even spit out of my mouth. 41 years, and, and, and I've learned a lot of things about prayer in those 41 years. Uh, some things I have forgotten, and other things I, I have just had affirmed over and over again. And so what I want to do in this series, is, as we move forward, is to uh, remind you of some things that you have learned in your past, uh, or to encourage you to learn something new. And so here's what, I, what I've done first, is I, I went to uh, Amazon.com. And did you know, Perduets, that there are 136,000 uh, different books that have been written in the last 12 years about prayer? 136,000. And Pastor Robert and I have read every single one of them. <laughs> and then we, um, then, then, then we went and um, I Googled uh, about prayer. And did you know that there are 136 different websites that talk about prayer? that there are over 4 million books in total uh, that are are about prayer. And Pastor Robert and I have wrote all of them. (laughs) And so we show our age well. And and so then there are over 4 million movies about prayer. There are 6 million articles about prayer. And so there's a lot about prayer. the question is, how can we take all this information, or what is most pertinent, Uh, About prayer that we can grow and learn from and to make it um, more exciting for us. So, let me just pick on two things that I think is really important for us to just kind of give the foundation for us. Uh, The first is this that I believe that all of us, all of us are created in the image of God and all of us are wired to pray. I don't think there's a single person on the face of the earth who's not been wired to pray. I, I think that if you're a Hindu or a Buddhist or a Muslim or a Jew or a Christian, uh, you all are, are, are modeled to pray. You are just created in the image of God and that you want to communicate uh, with God. Now, uh, I have a, a new friend and I'm trying to get outside of the church community and build some friends with, uh, that are professed atheists and agnostics. And so I went over to a friend of mine, and he's actually starting to learn how to do woodworking. And and I tell you what, just watching him, I have heard him call out the name of Jesus more times than I've ever heard. I mean, his finger is just black and blue. But uh, I think that we're all wired uh, to be people of prayer. And the second thing is this. I think that all of us would agree that none of us are really good at it. Uh, we, 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 we say, I don't know how to pray, I don't know what words to use, I don't feel very confident in prayer. In fact, uh, can I have the lights turned up please? Can you turn up the house lights? I'm going to look around to the congregation right now and I'm going to uh, pick a, someone uh, that is, I'm going to invite to come up and pray with me right now to pray out loud. And everyone's eyes go down. <laughs> You do not want me to make eye contact with you because you, feel, you don't feel confident about your prayer life. And that's common for all of us. Let me show you this picture. I showed you this picture uh, last week about my, my, my grandmother. She was 98 years old, this picture. She died at the age of 100. And my grandmother, who was a pastor in the Wesleyan Church in New York State, uh, was praying over her, her dark-haired grandson. And, 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 and so this was just one of those precious moments in time for me. And, and, uh, but I'll never forget what my grandmother told me right after she prayed with me. And she said, son, I don't feel very confident in prayer. And I'm saying, grandma, if you don't feel confident in prayer, what about me? And she said, I've got to practice prayer all the time. I've got to learn how to pray. And so I I, I think about uh, how how we all need to learn how to pray. I I think about, how about the Apostle Paul? You know, we think about the Apostle Paul, and we think that he's the greatest missionary the church has ever known. And and he is the one who is um, is attributed to, to to writing half of the New Testament. And then we get these words. We don't even know what we should pray. This is Paul speaking. We, we don't even know what we should pray for or nor how we should pray. Now, folks, if the Apostle Paul is saying this, it's okay for us to say, I don't know how to pray. Or, or I love when I think about the 12 disciples, the 12 closest companions of Jesus. And never once in the Scriptures do we hear them say, uh, Lord, uh, teach us how to teach or teach us how to how, how to." Uh, how how to do this or that. What what do they say? Lord, teach us how to pray. And so if the 12 disciples, the closest companions, are, are saying that, it's okay for us to say, Lord, teach me how to pray, because I need, I want to be in this communion with you that I don't have right now. So what Pastor Robert and I are going to try to do in the next few minutes with you is try to just simply give you four misconceptions about prayer, and we want to give you three pillars of prayer. So I really want you to take out your teaching notes and just write a few words. It's not going to, it's not going to hurt you to write a few words down, because I, I, I want to build the foundation upon which we're going to be spending the next uh, 35 days really looking at this together. So Robert, how about sharing with us the first misconception. Sure. So the first uh,
1: misconception about prayer uh, is that prayer is not a magic wand. I found this wand right out here in our church parking lot this morning. Uh, Very high quality here. Uh, And we can't treat prayer like a magic wand. If we just wave it, uh, something is instantly going to happen. Although... The air conditioning was not working, and I said a lot of prayers over there, and now it is working. So but you didn't wave a... the wand. That's true. I did not wave the wand. You, what, what did you do? You prayed. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were going to make a profound point there, but…
0: Just keep talking.
1: So anyway, prayer is not a magic wand, uh, and it's not just this set of words that we say and expect things to change or to happen. Uh, Think about a situation in your life where you'd really like someone that you care about or love to maybe change the way they're doing things or to change their attitude, and you just say a quick prayer like, dear God, if this person could just behave better, that would be so much better, and you open your eyes and they're still the same. Uh, Prayer is not something where we can just say abracadabra and everything is fixed. Uh, prayer is also not like uh, having a genie in a, in a lamp. Uh, God is not just heading in this lamp, and if we behave really well and we do everything that we're supposed to do, we can just, God gives us this lamp, we can rub it, and poof, out comes God and He answers our prayers. Uh, prayer is so much more than just that instant gratification or saying a few select words and expecting things to change, but rather prayer is something that we need to practice often. Uh, and in many different ways.
0: Yeah, this is my favorite one, though. Prayer is not like this. A fire extinguisher. So often, this is how we use prayer. Uh, we, 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 we have a circumstance come into our life. We have a crisis come into our life. Oh, we have this emergency come into our life. And we and we just uh, spout out some words uh, like a prayer, and we just uh, it's just like shooting off a little bit of this foam that's in here, and we think that's all that's going to happen. You know, those of us who live here year-round, it's it's like when uh, it's like um, uh, we we come to hurricane season, and and when about July, June or July hits, uh, what are we starting to pray? Dear God, let us not have a hurricane here. Or, or what about those of you who are going through a real crisis right now? Uh, you, you, you don't have a prayer language. You don't have a prayer time at all. Uh, but uh, you, you're facing a crisis. You're facing a, a financial crisis. You're facing a crisis uh, of academics. You're facing a crisis of, um, of, of a marriage relationship. And, and so you're just going to shoot a little prayer out. An emergency prayer I, I heard someone say uh, this past week uh, did you finally get to the point that you really needed to pray folks prayer should never be the last resort prayer should always be that moment in time when uh, when we're living our lives when we're walking through our lives when we're just engaging whatever life is thrown at us when we're walking in that path We should have this constant dialogue with God, a constant conversation in which we're listening and we're speaking and we're listening and speaking. And God, in the mystery of faith and the mystery of life, God speaks a word of truth to us. But it's not a fire extinguisher that we just are going to squirt around periodically. But it happens when we have this, this time of connecting with God.
1: And so the third thing that uh, prayer is not, uh, prayer is not a tug of war with God. Uh, Sometimes I think we uh, tell ourselves this lie that God doesn't really want to listen to our prayers or that God doesn't uh, have enough time for us. And we get into this tug of war match with God, trying to convince God that what we have to say is important or that uh, we have to save up our prayer request until we get a really good one when that's just not true at all. God wants to know everything that's going on in our lives. God wants to be a part of every conversation and every thought process we have. God is yearning for that relationship with us, and we don't have to pull God or try to have more muscles than God or prove that what we're saying is important. God knows that. God wants to have conversations with us,
0: and we don't have to convince God or prove to God that it's important. And then the fourth misconception is this. A prayer is not a ritual to relieve our guilt. Some of you grew up uh, in uh, faith traditions uh, that simply said that if you just say a prayer over and over and over again, uh, that that's all you need to do. And, 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 and sometimes we, we use what's called a rosary, uh, we use other mechanisms of prayer, and, and, and it's just a ritual. But the problem with the ritual has become that we've lost the meaning of the connection with the ritual. There's nothing wrong with that ritual in itself. It is just that we have lost the connection with the ritual that leads us into a deeper understanding of God. And so uh, I, I love this text uh, from, oh, no, this is good. This is, this is the way it is for me, or was for me. When I was in school, I would oftentimes get uh, asked by my teachers, multiple teachers, uh, to simply say, I will follow the rules, I will follow the rules, I will follow the rules, I will follow the rules. And the teacher was hoping that as I wrote those up on the blackboard, that I would learn to follow the rules. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) It didn't work. I'm still not a real good rule follower. But that, that was a kind of hope. Now, look at this passage of Scripture. It says, when you pray, do not use meaningless repetitions thinking that you will be heard for your many, many words. Folks, it is a moment in time for us uh, to, to connect. And if that ritual can become authentic, it becomes a time of deep conversation with God, But it's not just because you repeat the same words over and over and over again. So let's let's talk about the three pillars. Um, So so let me just kind of preface that by saying, uh, some of you know um, Vince Lombardi, coach for the Green Bay Packers. And every year when the team would gather uh, in the early part of the summer in preparation for the football season, Uh, He would literally do this. He would start his first meeting, he'd lift up a football, and he would say, gentlemen, this is a football. And he would go to the basics. And so what we're going to try to do over these next few weeks is just go to the basics about what prayer is and about how we can use prayer to be in a communion with God uh, that gives us uh, purpose and value and meaning and gives us this joy that we've never experienced before, and gives us the opportunity uh, to just dwell in the presence of God. So Robert, give us the the first pillar.
1: So the first pillar is this. God loves to talk with us. God loves to talk with us. And perhaps in your uh, prayer journey or your faith walk, you've asked yourself, well, what is uh, the best time for me to pray? Uh, Is it first thing in the morning when I wake up, the first thing out of my mouth is a prayer to God? Or is it uh, in the middle of the afternoon, maybe God's not so busy at that time of day? Or maybe in the evening, right before you fall asleep, you want your last conversation to be with God, reflecting on the day, uh, what you did well, and what you want to improve tomorrow. Uh, perhaps you're someone who likes to pray before every meal to give God thanks for uh, what's in front of you, that it will nourish you and sustain you and keep you going. Uh, and then maybe you've asked yourself, well, if I do all that, is that too much prayer? Is that too many times that I'm asking God for things during the day? And so the answer to that is no. Uh, we cannot come to God in prayer enough. There is no bad time to offer a prayer or to have a conversation with God. This first pillar is that God loves to talk to us. It's like we did earlier when we had our hands open. It wasn't about us talking, but about us listening and being present with God. God loves to talk with us.
0: So, Robert, there's this great passage of Scripture from Matthew 11, 28. It just says, Then Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. And I I just think that's the intimacy that God wants with us. No matter what we're going through in life, God says, nothing is too big, nothing is too small. I simply, God says, God says, I want to be with you. Here's the second pillar. God listens to prayers Uh, That are sincere. Uh, You know, we get so caught up with fancy language, flowery language. uh, We think that that's really required of us. Uh, We we need to understand that what God really wants more than anything else is uh, that we would just share our hearts with God, that we'd be so authentic with God, uh, that we would have the sense of honesty with God. And when we do that, when we lay our lives down like that, God suddenly uh, moves away from the mystery and moves into this intimacy. Uh, Back, Robert, when I was uh, about your age in ministry, I would write out all my prayers, and I would really like to make them sound really, really good. Um, I, I just thought they needed to sound prophetic and and so I decided that I would spend a moment uh, thinking about how I used to write my prayers, and, and this is the way uh, that it used to sound. O thou great omnipotent God of the universe, thou whoest doth wonderfully bestow on us all manners of beseeched blessings. And I can hear God say, Tom, is that you? <laughs> you know, God is saying, I'm not from England. <laughs> I, I don't understand that old English. Sorry, Beth. But, but, but I just don't understand it. And so God is simply saying, will you, will you come in, in, in your who you are? You, you don't be anybody else. Just simply come and say, God, in my authenticity, in, my, in, in, in who I am, who you created me to be, I'm just lifting up to you my need. I'm lifting up to you my celebrations. I'm lifting up to you my joys. I, I like the way that it says in Matthew 6, verse 5 through 8, it says this, When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. And I, and I think that when I was younger and I was trying to really figure this ministry thing out, I, I'm, I'm just, I think I was trying to uh, be, be like... Uh, somebody bigger and better. I wanted to be the next Billy Graham or I wanted to be the next Carl Schaefer, my dad. I, I wanted to do something that was significant and, and, and God kept on saying, Tom, be you. And all of a sudden when that happened, when I could authentically be Tom and I could authentically stand before people just like you, I, I, I figured out that that's all that God wants for me. And in your life, I think what God wants more than anything else is for you just to be you. With all your doubts and all your reservations and all your, your connection with God, wherever it is right now, just be you. Because that's who God loves. So Robert, wrap it up.
1: And so our third pillar of prayer is this. God wants to be close to you. God loves you just the way you are, as Pastor Tom was just saying, and God wants more than anything to be close to you. Uh, And so I want you to think of someone, take a moment, and think of someone that you would consider yourself close to, someone that you love and somebody you care about. Picture that person in your mind. And if I had to imagine, I would think that person is either a family member or a best friend, somebody that you really care for. Uh, And so when we think about a family relationship, uh, we are called God's children when we profess our faith in Jesus Christ. And we know that families stick by one another through the good times and the bad times, and that's what God's promise is to us as well. God, our Creator, God, our Father, we are God's children, and God is going to be with us in the hard times and in the times of celebration or if you were thinking of a close friend or a best friend, uh, you have to ask yourself, well, how did I get to that point with this person? And I think the answer would be you had to communicate with them. You had to talk with them. You had to share with them what your hopes were, what your dreams were, what your aspirations were. Uh, and you also probably shared with them what your deepest, darkest secret was as well. And that person didn't run away. That person didn't say, well, that's too much for me. That person affirmed you, encouraged you, and said, yes, I want to walk alongside of you in all of these seasons of your life. And that's what God wants for us as well. God wants to be the person that we can come to in our moment of need and in our moment of triumph and celebration. God wants more than anything to be close to you. There's a passage of Scripture in Isaiah in the 30th chapter. It says this. The Lord waits for you to come to Him so He can show you His love and His compassion. Friends, what we're trying to say with this practice of prayer is that God is waiting for you to come to Him so He can show you His love and His compassion. God is ready. Are you? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we're thankful for this chance to spend just a few moments talking about prayer and four things that it is not and three things that it is. So in these next many days as we prepare for the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, may we recommit ourselves to drawing close to you in ways that we know and in new ways that we could deepen our relationship with you. And we offer all of this in your Son's most holy name. Amen.